0: Afternoon, my conscious co creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Ah, we've got a wonderful show and a great guest in studio with us today. So, for all of those listeners on our Facebook live stream, don't worry, you don't have to look at me uh, for the whole hour. Um, uh, you'll get to see my guest in a moment. But first, of course, we have our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So let's get the show started. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from Mike Dooley and the universe. Of course, not everyone understands you. It takes crazy to know crazy. It takes sexy to know sexy. And most assuredly, it takes cool to know cool. Yeah, uh-huh, all right, the universe. Ah, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, uh, always cheering us on. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us. It doesn't really matter what religion anybody believes. If their life is working, and there may be many different approaches to life that are working very well, then why not let them believe whatever they want to believe? It's all working in the way that it is supposed to be. There are religions that you wouldn't want anything to do with that are perfect mechanisms for the people who are involved in them. And therefore, they are a very good thing. Abraham. I kind of like this quote from Abraham, eh, you know, kind of a little bit different uh, compared to what Abraham usually talks about, but but it really makes a wonderful point. You know, sometimes we just get like so hung up on belief systems and what other people think and what other people are into. And it, like, if it works for them, what difference does it make to us? And, and for me, it's it's a, a personally a little bit of a pet peeve of, uh, you know, when... Other people are always trying to convince me of what they believe in. And, you know, I just kind of have this attitude. And I go, well, like, if it appeals to me and if it's interesting, if it's good, I'll find it. You don't have to convince me that you're right. And, and you know, what Abraham's really trying to say is, hey, look, you know what? In the end, it doesn't really matter, quote unquote, who's right or who's wrong, because there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's does it work for them? Is it Does it work for their life? You know, they may be extreme in one direction or another, but are they happy? Are they a good person? Are they living life the way people should be living their lives? If they are, great. Why are you trying to change them? You know, I think so often, like, people are so out to enroll people in their ideas of what the way things are supposed to be maybe because they don't believe in enough themselves so they feel like oh well i got to get other people to believe in it so then it makes them feel better about what they believe in because they're you know not so sure about it so the more people they get to believe like, oh okay it must be right it must be good because i got my best friend into it and i got this person into it and i got that person into it so uh you know what abraham is saying don't sweat it you know what if it works for you great if it doesn't work for you, change it. And if it works for someone else, great for them. It doesn't have to be what you believe in, right? I mean, this world is so full of diversity and so full of so many interesting and different viewpoints. I mean, that's what makes things so interesting sometimes. So, you know what? Let's uh, let's chill out a little bit and let's, you know, as as the old expression goes, let's live and let live, right? And and if and if. People aren't interested in what you believe in. You don't have to tell them about it. If if they don't want to know what's like working for you, it's okay. You don't have to share. Save it for the people who are interested, right? I mean, why spend all that effort trying to convince somebody who doesn't want to be convinced when you could be talking to people who actually like you and, and believe in the same things and, and, and are interested in the same stuff, right? Isn't that a much better use of our energy than trying to convince people of things they don't want to be convinced of? I don't get it. Anyway, two amazing quotes today. Lots of fun stuff from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoyed our quotes of the week. Of course, next week we'll have new ones in store for you today. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to Kara Bradley, as I switch the video in our live stream. Oops. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's a little dark there. I don't know. And uh, okay, we'll see. Uh, this is Kara. So, in the final race of her college track career, author and mental strength coach Kara Bradley beat her personal best by a remarkable six seconds. Really? Yeah. That's like pretty cool.
1: It's a lot. (laughs) Wow!
0: Until then, she had been an average runner hampered by pre-race jitters and self-doubt. But on that day, after a pre-race warm-up where she repeated the phrase personal best, personal best, personal best, personal best out loud, she was suddenly in the flow and buoyed by a sense of calm and confidence. Kara is now a passionate teacher of yoga, meditation, and fitness, who has been in the trenches of personal transformation as a mental strength coach for over three decades at her Verge Yoga Center, retreats, corporate trainings, and with teams such as Villanova University and Penn State, and has recently wrote the book, On the Verge. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Kara.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: It's wonderful to have you. Hold on one second. There we go. Now we can <laughs> see you much better. And uh, just a big shout out to a couple of our uh, our Facebook live stream watchers, Jane Tabachnik. My good friend Jane introduced me to, to many wonderful people and Gigi uh, listening in. Thank you guys for listening. Um, so, Cara, so... Uh, this this is like back in college so you were you always a runner like did you like to like run around the block as a little kid Were your parents always chasing you saying like
1: Kara, Kara, slow down (laughs) well i think i started walking at nine months so that was a good sign that uh i was Ah. gonna be a mover i've been a mover my whole life
0: Ah. yeah wonderful wonderful and and when did you start running track
1: Well, I was a figure skater first.
0: Oh, a figure skater. My mom was a figure skater when (laughs) she was very young. And actually, I I credit figure skating for why she has not broken her hip at 96 years old. Because she has fallen down like more times in the last 10 years than I can count. And amazingly, all she ever gets is a little bruised. And, like, everybody else her age and younger who has fallen the way she has fallen, they've all, like, broken their hips, broken their leg, like, all kinds of stuff. And I think it's because as a figure skater, you learn how to fall.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I fell all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I started skating in Coney Island. And I, I skated, skated, skated my heart out. Oh, I wanted to go to the Olympics so badly. And finally, when I was 15 years old, my parents sat me down. They said so you go into the olympics and i said i i don't think so they said okay good well this is getting really expensive so (laughs) here's some track shoes and uh, why don't you pick up a new sport Uh, so i actually started teaching skating uh Uh, at the time and then ran ran college track and that's where i had this big epiphany of mine so
0: ah okay cool cool so 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 Tell us about this epiphany. I mean, you'd been running for a while before you had this real breakthrough. I mean, beating your own record by six seconds. That's pretty good.
1: So what happened for me was that I was an intense kid, but I wasn't super intense, right? I was kind of middle of the road in everything that I did. Okay. And so this last track race, I was at the University of Delaware. I was transferring to NYU. I knew it was going to be my last race. I was a sophomore, 19 years old. Middle of the pack, mid-distance runner i did something different on that day instead of hanging out with my teammates and fooling around before the race i took off on my own and -hmm. started contemplating my short and very mediocre track career (laughs) and as a 19 year old you know i was talking to myself and i said come on let's just beat our personal best why Mm -hmm. not just go out on top for yourself and so Mm -hmm. what i did was i ran very slowly very rhythmically was breathing in rhythm and started to repeat personal best, like a mantra. Mm. I didn't realize what was happening. Mm. I stepped onto the starting line Mm -hmm. in a completely different state of mind I'd ever been in Uh. before a competition, not just a track Uh. race. I remember everything vividly. I remember the smell, the colors, the sounds. I remember the gun going off and taking off. Mm. And I took off that day around the 800, so that's two laps. I remember having one thought, one thought during that race, and that was when I passed our best mid-distance runner. Mm. And I remember thinking, wow, she must be having a really bad day. Mm. Little did I know, I was running the race of my life. I crossed the finish line in third place. My teammates jumped on me. I had no idea why until I looked up at the clock and I saw six seconds had been shaved off my personal best. And I thought in a... First thought was, wow, I did it. Awesome. Good for me. And then like within a split second, I thought, are you kidding me? Are you (laughs) kidding me? My last race, I decide Ah. to show up. I Mm. decide to tap my potential. Mm. And so from that day forward, I looked at that race from every angle. What did I do? What didn't I do? Mm. How did I step onto the track in this clear, confident, fearless state of mind? Hmm. Where was the doubt and the fear that often dragged me down and held me back? What happened? And that sent me off on my journey.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So I'm curious. I mean, was there... Was it just something that came up from within you? Or, like, had you read something somewhere? Had you watched a Tony Robbins video? I mean, was there something that kind of. Uh, even if it was unconsciously that kind of triggered you to to sort of shift this way or was just something internal
1: that's that's such a great question the tony robbins came a couple years later Ah. when i walked on the coals on 34th street yeah (laughs) me too (laughs) yeah Yeah. um no i don't think so i i don't think there had been anything now my Mm. grandmother my nonna i'm italian Mm -hmm. excuse me has o- had always been very interested in anything unconventional. So uh, I think the gateways were open. Right. But no, I mean, this really happened based on just this slow warm-up jog and this oh, okay. slow, repetitive mantra. Okay. And so that's why, but here's the thing. It felt incredibly ordinary. This was what was so really? profound. I don't consider it a peak state. Uh-huh, I really consider it a naturally occurring clear state of mind that I know now is mm. available to me, available to me all the time, uh-huh. and to you too, by the way,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful, wonderful, okay, cool. You know what? I think we'll go out to the segment a little bit early because I think that's a good place for us to pause, and when we come back let's talk about that clear state and and what you learned afterwards and and what kind of motivated you to then help other people get it, right? Because that's a lot of your life is not just you've discovered for yourself, but now you're helping other people to discover it for themselves. Exactly. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Kara Bradley, author of the book On the Verge, and we will be right back.
2: Are you concerned about epilepsy, autism, or diabetes? Are you interested in alternative treatments, the impact of health, or new therapies? Then tune into my show, Frank About Health. I'm Frank Harrison, the host. Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.
0: And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Uh, We're talking with Cara Bradley, author of the book On the Verge. Thank you, May. I see May Vu, one of my former uh, guests, uh, is, is listening to the Facebook live stream. I was just responding to your guest question about Facebook live. Oh, I don't know, but but May, if you have questions or comments, just, just type it into the comments field. You know, actually, this is for everybody. I mean, thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Jane, for listening. But if you guys have questions, you know, you could just type it into the comments field. I'll see it, and then I'll ask my guest, uh, Cara, your question. Uh, so, Cara, uh, as we were talking before, you, you were running your, your basically last track race of your college career, right? And then, you, you basically sort of intuitively created a state where you were very clear, very present, ran the best race of your life and didn't even realize it until it was over. And then afterwards, you, you said you went back and kind of analyzed what had happened in, in so many different angles. How long did it take you to really fully understand afterwards what you had done?
1: About 30 years. <laughs>
0: just a little bit of time
1: right this this state i actually feel like i fell back into mm. this state of being and this was this is what's so amazing about being human yeah. about having this incredible human experience is that there is this state this natural state of our being that's available to us Always. Mm-hmm. And it's happening all the time. And we can yeah. talk about this a little bit more. Yes, But on that day, uh-huh. I fell back into this very ordinary way of being alive that gave me access to this strength and this mm-hmm. confidence I didn't think, right? Mm. I didn't think I had. So you said
0: before also that this was not a peak state, and and for those of you familiar or not familiar with Tony Robbins, you know he's really into like getting yourself into this peak 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 state before you go out and do something so that you're doing your personal best. But you said this wasn't a peak state. Well,
1: it didn't feel like a peak state. Didn't feel okay. It didn't feel like it felt very ordinary. It didn't feel like I had created anything or that Uh, it was going to go away anytime. It felt uh, eternal. Okay. This was an eternal, this was more, I felt more genuinely me mm. than I'd ever felt, and which is one of the reasons why I don't really call it the flow state either, because okay. I've done a lot of research and a lot of my uh. own uh, experimentation with flow state. And so okay. it has aspects of flow and okay. in the zone, or, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's, it's much vaster than that
0: Mm. interesting interesting and so you now teach like yoga and meditation is this something would you call it in some ways like a quasi meditative state sure ah yeah okay and and so afterwards you were looking at all of this and 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 looking at um you know what you sort of created for yourself were you then able to sort of recreate it or drop back into it for other things and other aspects of your life
1: right so i went on this journey you know looking for how do i do this again right and not only how do i do it again but how do i do it on purpose how do i access this state not by accident like what happened to me on the track because i knew in that moment boy if i could do this again in all aspects of my life (laughs) i'm going to shine big time and then that's what took me on the journey so i went from you know, walking on coals with Tony Robbins uh-huh. to sitting in sweat lodges to uh-huh. having the chakras cleared and the and, you know, all the things that we do when we're when we're on search, you know, right. in a search
0: on our path, and
1: yeah. yeah, we're on that path. And so I really became a human potential junkie. Ah, yeah. okay. Just looking for all ways to access. What does it mean to access my potential? Where is uh-huh. my potential? Why can't uh-huh. I access it all the time? Uh-huh. And so I've uh, been a big questioner.
0: Right. So so I have to ask you, did you like completely annoy all your friends and family at the time? Did they think like you had lost it? Like what, what happened to Kara? She was like so normal before now she's crazy.
1: Well, I still do. I think I really annoy people. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Uh, You don't annoy me at all. I love it. I love having people like you in my life.
1: (laughs) I've had more than one boyfriend say to me, you're just never going to be satisfied. And I'm like, um, I guess I'm not. because I just want to just live this life boy as well you know as the answer to that, to
0: that statement is and what's wrong with that and what's wrong with that yeah absolutely yeah, good one yeah 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 <laughs> so so um what were you doing at the time like when you graduated college what were you doing just to support yourself while you were on this search because you don't make a living by searching for about your potential right that's a great
1: question so uh when i graduated i became an investment banker because that's what you do Uh when you're at nyu (laughs) and you're in new york city (laughs) yes absolutely right and so i did that for a few years and i remember my little cubicle i looked out on central park and i saw the i saw the whole uh, just about the whole park from my from my window and i kept thinking during the day like what are those people doing out there that they could be mm. out there during the day yeah and i'm in here inside <laughs> like i gotta be out there <laughs> right. right and so <laughs> i, I ended up quitting my job dropping out of my mba program and i went back to teaching figure skating
0: oh yes in new york city Wow. Um, my poor parents.
1: I, I, you know, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I went, I yeah, went from so 60 to zero. <laughs> yeah,
0: I bet. I bet.
1: But I fell into. Well, good for
0: you for having the courage to do that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, at 23, it was like, what the heck? Let me just do this. Yeah, do, do it, it now, now before
0: you have too many responsibilities. Right. And then it becomes more difficult. Yeah. Right,
1: because it just wasn't answering it for me. Right, you know, it just, right, the money, right. I wasn't interested, you know, just that interested. So right. um, I got involved with Rollerblade at the very beginning uh. of of the whole rollerblade scene yeah, and I ended up teaching rollerblade and performing for rollerblade oh, wow. for a bunch of years worldwide just doing these hip hop shows on rollerblades oh, cool. um, and teaching uh, putting together programs so the figure skating wow. you know that my parents made me hang up my skates at 15 actually started to pay, pay the bills,
0: bills. <laughs> <laughs> did you go back to them and say see that actually was a good investment that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful wonderful yeah. so so uh, as you you're going through this stuff and you're learning more of an understanding more about what you had done how long did it take you to be able to, like, drop back in that state or, or recreate that state you had been in that day?
1: Right. So I've had glimpses of it. You okay. know, we all have glimpses of this yeah. natural, ordinary state all day long, by the yeah.
0: way. Oh, We're just really? not
1: really taught to notice and recognize. Ah. Yeah. This is happening okay. all the time. Okay. And so I started to get closer and closer skating, skating the streets of New York City and skating mm. all over the world. And... And starting to really connect mind body in a different way, mm. I fell into the practice of yoga. Okay. And then into the practice of meditation. And now I was getting close. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I was able to have a practice, a predictable practice right. that I could work with every day right. that would help me to start to experience and become familiar with myself. Beyond busyness, beyond thinking, right? Beyond doubt right, and fear, yeah. sort of like I felt on the track that day.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, so you say this is, is something that we can access at like any time and we're just not taught to recognize it. But even with yoga and with meditation, it's more you're taught to create a state but that doesn't teach you necessarily to recognize something that's naturally happening throughout the day. Mm -hmm. When did you really get that sense that like, oh, this is not just something you put yourself into, this is something that you can be in throughout the day when you're not meditating and not doing yoga?
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, because this is exactly what gets me going and exactly why I teach, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not interested in really teaching people yoga poses. I mean, yoga poses are great, you know, right. and, and they're they're fun to play with and they do have their values.
3: Right. What
1: I'm more interested in is helping people to experience and recognize what's actually happening during a yoga pose. Mm. So we use these poses just as we use a breathing tool or mm-hmm. we use different exercises to help us show up and look at ourselves, mm. right? So I'd love to explain to you, if I may, yes, what please. The Verge is, because I think that'll help yes, me yes. and help us all understand. Okay, so
0: so before we get to yeah. that, then y- you titled your book On The Verge. Right. What do you mean by that? Yeah,
1: yeah. So years after my race, mm-hmm. maybe six, seven years after, eight years after, my husband, then I got married, and mm-hmm. my husband went and spent some time in the Amazon, in the Ecuadorian Amazon, with an indigenous ah, community.
0: Oh wonderful, yeah. wonderful. You know, I, I'm practicing a shamanistic lineage. It's Peruvian, but oh. but yes, I'm very familiar with those traditions in general. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so maybe
1: you can help me out here, too. Certainly. So he went, when he was down there, he recognized that when they were sailing down the rivers, mm-hmm. the different tributaries, the, in, the indigenous people that he was with, they would often stop at these different spots of land Mm -hmm. where rivers met, where Mm -hmm. ecosystems collided. Mm -hmm. And when he came home and he did some research, he found out that these places on this spot of land where where ecosystems collide is actually where nature thrives. Mm -hmm. There's the most diverse amount of species Mm -hmm. and just the most abundant plant life and wildlife. These places are called the verge and so when he said that my eyes lit up okay oh my god is there a verge here is there a verge near me what would it feel like being Uh, the human potential junkie that i was uh uh how would it feel to stand on the verge Mm. to be there and so this got me really thinking like where do we thrive Mm.
0: so i can tell you from an energetic perspective yes why that happens or one of the explanations I've heard of why that happens so there are these things that run throughout the earth about six feet under the ground called ley lines which you know people have mapped out that like a lot of these ancient sacred sites if you look at them from a broad enough perspective they like line up over thousands of miles of distance and then uh there are different people who have tried to sort of um, measure and 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 map sort of these ley lines and how they go around the earth and and people who are energetically sensitive can often uh sense them or feel them it's sort of and i had this experience myself for the first time not for the first time but but recently i had this experience a friend of mine who who's has a farm upstate new york near goshen um there's like the house on one side of the street and the farmland on the other side and there's a trail that goes all the way through the the farmland some of it's wild out to this little river that cuts through the property and i was on my way walking through the trail and i'd walked this trail before but then all of a sudden there was this area where there's this like little bump in the trail and i stopped for a second i felt like i walk through a wall or, or or like a membrane of some kind. And then i looked look to my right and i looked to my left and there was a line of trees, like not right next to me, but there was one in the distance there and another one past it further to the right. And there was one on the left and another one on the left and a third one on the left and a fourth one on the left. And then all of a sudden it struck me, ah, there's a ley line here. You see, because this is where sort of energies come around. So what he's talking about of like two rivers coming together Typically, in that section where there's this huge diversity, that's two different ley lines coming together
1: oh, from yeah.
0: an energetic perspective. Now, a lot of people think it's woo-woo, hokey, you know, not real stuff. But again, if it makes sense and you can see it in different places, maybe there's something to it.
1: Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks. Thanks for that story. So, uh,
0: and And just to relate to this idea of being on the verge you know how do you create the verge in our life i'm guessing and again i haven't read your book yet but i'm guessing there is a very energetic component to this that it's when sort of this this energetic state maybe of mindfulness and presence and something else sort of all come together and crisscross that that's when you Drop into The Verge. Am I close?
1: You are so Ah, close. You're there.
0: Cool. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, great. Well, you know, it's time for us to take another commercial break. Um... If anyone would like to call in and ask Kara a question or myself a question, of course, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. Again, you can go to my Facebook uh, timeline, Sam Leibowitz in New York City. That's Leibowitz spelled L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z for our Facebook live video. We've got several viewers now. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to go to break and we'll be right back.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
3: Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself?
2: Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone. And now we're bringing it to the radio.
3: So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And
2: that's Eastern Standard Time. So join us.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're having a wonderful conversation today with Kara Bradley, author of On the Verge, and we're just getting into what is On the Verge. So you, you spoke last segment about how, you know, The Verge is sort of this nexus between two tributaries of a river coming together where there's extreme biodiversity and lots of plant and animal life and stuff. So how does that relate to this experience that you had of dropping into the state or being aware of the state where you were able to do your personal best.
1: Mm, Yeah, so once I found out that The Verge existed, that Mm. there's actually a place Mm. where where life thrives, Mm -hmm. I again went on my search. Well, where do I thrive? Mm. And so after lots of searching and practicing an inquiry, I recognized very simply that the verge is this moment. Okay. And when I can arrive fully in this moment, I thrive.
2: Mm, okay.
1: And what happened to me on the track those years, so many years ago, was that I was, had just dropped into presence completely.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And when I can show up, wake up, show up, it's the subtitle of my book, Wake Up, Show Up, and Shine. Right. When I can wake up, to this moment show up fully open and available I shine we shine we access the intelligences coming through us all the time
0: yeah It, it sounds almost like Eckhart Tolle's experience on the park bench when he experienced that moment of truly being present in the now when all of a sudden everything shifted and changed for him
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, very influential book in my life, for sure. Ah,
0: okay, cool. Yeah. So we, we we like the same kind of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you were able to kind of distill this crystal bit down of like its real presence, how then were you able to, especially in our world where there's so much distraction and so many things plugging for our attention, were you able to just drop into the presence or did you actually have to develop some tools or, or some practices or something to really help you to be present to, to be able to get back to that potential?
1: Right. Yes. Moving my body. I've been doing it my whole life. Ah, okay. And then Practicing yoga was the gateway to then my mind in a different way and with a systematic practice, with a ancient uh, practice of meditation. Uh-huh. And so now I'm starting to develop these tools, not just, you know, flying down the street on my rollerblades, which is mm-hmm. amazing, but mm-hmm. actual predictable practices that I can go to every day to start to cultivate mm. the capacity to show up on purpose to be present mm. in this moment what for you purpose what
0: for you individually is the, the biggest challenge to overcome with being present
1: i think it's really trusting i think we just lack ah, trust yes. that we can just be here now ah, and this okay. is what i recognize in myself and in, then in the students that i teach right, right. when we can start to recognize these glimpses When we're already present every day, you know, we may pause and smell the coffee. It may be the sunset that takes our breath away. It may be the moment when we catch somebody's gaze and hold it. These are moments of presence that are already happening for us. This is how I teach. This is how I spend my day. It's Mm. not in beating myself up anymore to say, you're not Ah, present. You're so busy. You're full of fear. You're this, you're that. It's actually, I'm looking for those moments when time stands still, when I'm standing right there on the verge in this Ah, moment, right? Because we feel it, right? It's like standing on that ley line. You felt it. Yes. We feel this all the time.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious because you're now a teacher. At what point did sort of your search for this presence turn into, oh, now I know how to do this. I can help other people with this. Was there a particular moment or was it just sort of a gradual development?
1: Wow. Great question. I've been teaching since I was 15 years old. Uh-huh. Remember, I had to uh, give yes. up my skates yes. perfi- uh, as an amateur skater, and I started teaching people. So my entire life, I've been teaching people movement disciplines, and I've always seen that when we move our bodies rhythmically, through skating, yoga, running, whatever it is, swimming, we shift we shift because we're able to drop down our mind settles our nervous mm-hmm. system settles and people i see people come alive i know what mm-hmm. it feels like mm-hmm. experientially to come alive from movement mm-hmm. so i've always been teaching it but i never really understood what it was i was teaching, teaching. until gotcha. i really started to dive in myself through these ancient practices whose lineage the lineages have the the words for me you know for ah, me it was always so much just sensation in my body right now right, i was right, able yeah. to tap into the ancient knowledge of actually what was happening mentally emotionally physically and spiritually
0: right right so it's kind of like you had your body had the knowing uh, that actually bypassed the brain but then studying the, these uh, ancient practices it's like oh okay now the brain can understand what the body already knew
1: right Right, ah, okay. and that we could do this on purpose. Yeah, this yeah. is our birthright. Our birthright is to feel awake, yes. alert, yes. at ease, yes. and connected.
0: Yes, yes. You know? Yeah, so, so what's... Can you give maybe our audience some little thing they can try and practice to give them, uh, you know, move them a step closer to that or to help them to be a little more aware of that
1: presence? Yeah. So I recommend starting to notice those moments every day when you feel awake, when you feel, or as I usually put it, fully alive. Ah. What are those moments that are happening when you feel fully alive? Before you go to bed at night, you know, many of us practice gratitude, you know, and we go to bed and we think about three things we're grateful for. Um. How about thinking about three things that made you feel really alive? that day and it could have been the really good slice of pizza yeah (laughs) (laughs) that works right or that moment when you when you were on that last you know couple of steps of your run or whatever it is the sun that that you felt on your face as you were pausing at the stop sign you know any moment because as we start to recognize these moments they're going to start popping up more Yeah. And so for me, you know, this is I teach from kind of the back door mindfulness from the back door where many, Uh many of us understand mindfulness and we're always thinking, okay, I got to pay attention. I got to pay attention. But I'm so distracted. Uh Well, how about we we look at it from the opposite? How about we start recognizing moments of presence?
0: Ah, interesting. Interesting. You know, it's 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 interesting hearing you say that. And now I reflect back to today for me. And I had that moment. And, and I, I had to get up early this morning. I have a networking group that meets twice a month regularly early on Thursdays. And I, I got up this morning. I was really kind of tired. I got into the subway. Thankfully, I got a seat on the train. And I just sat and meditated till I got to my stop or just before my stop. And then afterwards, when I opened my eyes and I looked around, like everything was crisp and sharp and clear. And that was what you're describing. Like that was that moment for me of that presence. Not when I was meditating necessarily, but the moment I opened my eyes afterwards.
1: Brilliant. That's it. so what happens when we show up in this moment when we're present is that we see life we experience life in what i call high definition Mm -hmm. high voltage living Mm -hmm. it's as if we're plugged in to that ley line Yeah. yeah when we're present the smells are stronger tastes are more distinct everything that you see is brighter more vivid this is how we can walk through the world mm. from a state of presence and a wakefulness. Right. So thank you for saying that. That's spot on.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what sort of was the impetus for you to just finally decide to write a book? Because, I mean, you're already teaching. You're already working with people. Why did you decide to write a book?
1: Well, I've just, I have just felt like it, it was in me to speak in a broader in a a to a broader audience but also as a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. I mean many of you out there probably you know practice yoga the teacher only gets sound bites I only have Mm. five breaths in each pose to (laughs) to speak to students before I've got to move them to the next pose and I don't want to talk their ear off the entire class so I felt like I had just so much to say that wasn't, I wasn't able to express in a yoga class or even a meditation class. Right, so right, it yeah. was the call for me to finally uh, put it down on paper.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and what kinds of reactions have you gotten so far from, from people from the book? I mean, uh, you know, wh- has it been something that people kind of get? They love it, or has it been like confusing for people? Or they're like, yeah, it's about time. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I've gotten all three, you know? <laughs> 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 I mean, there are definitely people who are like fully alive, because I talk about being awake and fully alive in the book. What does it feel like? Right. We're never asked that question. Right. What does it feel like for you to be awake and fully alive? And so for some people, you know, I may get kind of that glossed over look like mm-hmm. oh yeah I really enjoyed your book that was really great right. um, but <laughs> for for others they they do they look at me like wow okay yeah I'm getting this but I want more and so what I provide in the book are the all these primer practices these uh. the primer practices that I talk about are the practices you can do before you ever actually sit down to a formal meditation practice mm. so they're little glimpses they're Ways to glimpse presence throughout the day. And it may be as simple as sky gazing. Ah, Taking a moment or two, you're sitting on the bus, look out the window and look at the sky. The vastness just opens you up just by looking.
0: Yes. Yes. Even if you live in New York City where you're surrounded by skyscrapers, you can still catch a little piece of sky there.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So, So it's helping people into that state of presence before they even like you know, close their eyes and start counting breaths in a meditation practice.
0: Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that because it really sort of helps to take those practices that typically, you know, people become monks and they go into these forests and the caves to meditate. And and I feel like now is the time to take those practices out of the forests and caves and bring it into daily life. And how do we cultivate the same kind of presence In places like New York City or, you know, cities around the globe. Yes. So that's wonderful. It's it's wonderful to to have that. Though, is it easier for you to do it maybe when you're in a more nature-oriented or more serene place? Or it doesn't really matter. You've gotten to that point where regardless of what's going on around you, you're able to really feel that presence and being in the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me now, I just, I would much rather be present than be distracted. It's so much more fun to be Mm. present in life. Even if the the moment ain't so good, you know, it's still better to be present and show up for it. So for me, I'm just always looking for how do I just show up right now?
0: Uh, Okay, regardless of what's in the background. Right. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, great. Well, believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. So when we come back, uh, I have a couple of final questions for you, and then we'll let you know uh, where you can find your book and... And uh, we'll have some closing thoughts from Cara Bradley. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back.
3: You're
2: listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
3: talkingalternative.com
0: And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Kara Bradley, author of the book On the Verge. So, Kara, we've been talking about really being present to your life, recognizing those moments uh, when you're here fully. And I guess kind of keeping track of them and reminding ourselves of like, oh, this is a way I'm when I'm in this situation, I tend to be more present. I'm more with it. I'm more here. So I'm curious what what kind of advice you would have for people who are going through extreme emotional upheaval about being present. Because sometimes, you know, people like, oh, yeah, well, when things are fine, I have no problem. But, you know, when my boyfriend breaks up with me or or, you know, when I lose my job, you know, that's really uncomfortable and difficult and painful. And I I can't be present when that stuff happens.
1: Mm -hmm. Well. I guess what's the choice? I mean <laughs> w- I like when
0: you put it that way. Right? Yeah. What is the
1: choice? You know, Pema Chödrön said, oh, uh, "I love her." She she said, "We keep missing the moment that we're in." Mm. Right? To me that that like woke me up. I was like, "Whoa, oh. I don't want to miss my life." I yeah. know it's not and I know it's going to be shorter than I want it to be, regardless. Yeah. So, even if we're in the middle of chaos, to try to numb ourselves so that we miss precious moments right we can't get these moments back so i know that's easy for me to say you know when life is calm right because who wants to sit in the uncomfortable and the unfamiliar but one thing i talk about and, and one of the reasons why I love teaching yoga is that we get to practice living in uncomfortable and unfamiliar situations on our mm-hmm. yoga mats and also through meditation. We purposefully put ourselves in the fire, in the chaos, mm-hmm. in our practices so that when it happens in life, because it will for all of us, we are already practiced. We know how to recognize the chaos, the fire. And so what do we do? Well, if we've got practices, we know we can always come back to our breath. The breath will always help us calm our nervous system, will always help us shift beyond the doubt, the fear, the worry, the anxiety. It's a matter of gaining perspective. For so many of us, sitting in the muck is never going to help us, so gaining perspective whether it be just going out for a walk or looking up at the sky or recognizing that this too shall pass, mm. you know, it is. this is how we start to engage in life as opposed to constantly pushing, forcing, and fleeing our mm. lives. Yeah. So while, while it may not be the answer that anybody wants to hear, right, I've always right. heard you want to lean into it.
0: Right. And the thing that I've seen, though, is that the more present we stay with it, it actually takes less time to get through whatever upheaval or turmoil we're going through, that it's only when we distract ourselves and, and, and take ourselves out of that moment that then that actually stretches or increases the amount of time that we end up in turmoil.
1: That's right. That's right. And if you talk to anybody that's been through real tragedy very often, they will express those moments as being some of the most alive moments they've ever felt in their lives. Mm-hmm. Because when, when life hits us from the side and we are just slammed to the ground, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's when we wake up. And it may just be a moment or two, but if we can really recognize this is a moment where I am going to feel more alive than ever, and I've been in those moments. Mm-hmm. There and there's an incredible peace that emerges mm. in the space of of aliveness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. What's been your biggest challenge staying in that present moment?
1: I think for me it's often um doubt. Ah. The doubt. The doubt, is this real? Is this real? Can ah. I stay? um, now I feel like I've, I've gotten past a lot of it, okay. although I'm sure I'm going to be tested again and <laughs> it could be around the corner. It could be yeah, tomorrow. It could yeah. be today. I don't know. But for me, it's that it's the doubt. Is this real? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, for me, it's so visceral. Uh, uh when I get caught in my head, in my doubt, it it really shuts me down you're
0: such a body-centered person because movement and everything so it's like when you get in your head all of a sudden the mind starts chattering and that's kind of what does it for you though when you say getting tested i'm just going to work on your language a little bit because i don't believe life tests us yeah yeah I, i believe it's as we expand and grow we're able to handle bigger and better challenges so they just naturally occur because now we're at the point, whereas maybe 10 years ago, we might not have been able to handle that challenge. So now we are. And so it's just the ne- next natural step in our evolution.
1: Mm, yes. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's, that's great. I know when I was writing my book, mm-hmm. I went through many, many times of who am I to be saying this? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. what I'm saying is, you know, it's pretty big stuff. I'm pretty yeah. bold in a lot of ways to say, listen, you know, we are already awake and alive, we yes. just need to show up and recognize yes. it.
0: I love that perspective. Yeah, that's wonderful, wonderful. Um, uh, so, now that you've 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 done the book, the book is out. When did the book come out?
1: Two months ago. Oh, just two
0: months ago. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't it's a realize this. Oh, <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. What comes next? or do you like not think that way it's like whatever comes next comes next cuz you're in the present <laughs> yeah i'm re- i'm really riding
1: the wave of this book launch oh, okay. and just putting myself out there in every way that i can to see how it how it sits with people, where it lands. I have no mm. idea where this is going to land. I know one of my meditation teachers, Michael Carroll, who's a fantastic uh, teacher out there, he wrote Awake at Work and Fearless Leader. Oh, okay. And he looked at me, he looked me in the eyes when, I, when he read it and he said, Are you sure you know what you're putting out there? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I think I am. He said, Okay, because you got to be ready be ready because you got to be clear as a whistle boy because you're making some claims out there and you you know so and i've i've been preparing for that and uh the jury's still out i don't know i'm just i'm just going day by day right now
0: wonderful wonderful i wish you all the success in the world with your book and Thank you. i really look forward to it. it's it been great having you on here if um, people want to learn more about you where can they find information about you and if they want to get the book where can they find the book yeah
1: so my website is carabradley.net mm-hmm. and that's cara with the dot com. i also have a free app that's oh. associated with my book yeah oh, really wonderful. exciting it has audio practices, video practices called On the Verge. Oh, it's on the wonderful. App Store now. It's coming out on Android in like two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, so On the Verge is the app and the book is On the Verge, Wake Up, Show Up and Shine.
0: Mm-hmm. Available
1: everywhere. I also did an audio uh, book. I read it. it that's on Audible. Oh, Audibles. cool. Yeah, oh, and great. so, you know, just out there on social media all over the place and right. just trying to connect with people. So I'd love to hear from you all.
0: Wonderful. So, so um, just curious, in your personal life, have things shifted from where you started, where everyone thought you were a little crazy for, for, for being such a human potential junkie to now are they uh, saying, oh, wow, Carrie, you got some good stuff here?
1: Yeah, I think so. But you know, the, the thing is, I've got so much more. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, great.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you can come back on when you get your next book done, OK? okay? <laughs> it's <laughs> never ending. No, it's not. Yeah. It is. It is because human potential is never ending, isn't it? right. That's right. Absolutely. Who do you look up to? Who who inspires you?
1: Wow. I'm stumped. I've got so many people that I follow and that I love that I'm reading. I love anybody that provokes and prods and pokes at, pokes holes in what, in our belief systems. Okay. So So who's
0: somebody who's written something that like blew your mind? Like
1: Krishnamurti.
0: Oh, Krishnamurti. I love J. Krishnamurti. I love
1: Krishnamurti. I love provokers like that. I follow Adi Ashanti. He's a meditation teacher who kind of turns things around for people. Uh, Um, Eckhart Tolle was one that that I love. And I love the ancients and the mystics. Very into mystics as well.
0: Yeah, yeah okay wonderful wonderful well great well thank you so much cara for coming on the show today especially for coming into studio all the way from philly yeah always nice to have people Thank you, in Sam. India, it's been
1: great
0: yeah thank you wonderful anyway and i also just want to take a quick moment to thank all of uh, my facebook listeners got to get the light out of the way so yes thank you all for tuning in on the facebook live stream uh i will be back next week i believe who's my guest next week i don't know my guest next week but i think they might be in studio so we'll probably do uh, a live stream and i can't announce it just yet because it's not set up but guys like stay tuned sign up for the newsletter because i think i might like just have a really big name coming on my show in july uh somebody who uh, is a, a very very well-known spiritual teacher who's coming back to new york city and uh A friend of mine said she was going to help me get her on the show, knows her personally. So uh, once we know that's going to happen, I'm going to let you all know. So if you, if you're, are not getting our our newsletter please go to the website uh nyc and sign up for the newsletter it comes out twice a week just let you know what the shows are going to be about so this way um, when we have a big announcement you'll you'll be the first to hear about us as well please go to facebook and like our facebook page which is facebook.com slash talking alternative just strung together as one word um and you know join the community it's been great having uh, some of you there during the facebook live stream the the video um, make sure to post links to the video afterwards um coming up next we're going to be restreaming a, a show from frank about health yes he, he took off last week but he's going to be coming back and he'll start having live shows again starting next week so everybody thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week
2: you're listening to the talking alternative network are you concerned about epilepsy autism or diabetes are you interested in alternative treatments the impact of health or new therapies then tune into my show frank about health i'm frank harrison the host Tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc, where you learn more about these illnesses, treatments, the social impacts, and create a dialogue with each other. That's Frank About Health, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc.
3: Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com.
2: Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Alternative.